0: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and from WBEZ Chicago, this is Reset. It might be warm out for January, but there's no denying that seasonal affective disorder can hit any of us living in Chicago this time of year. And mental health struggles don't end when the snow melts. Many Americans have struggled with mental health since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's more important than ever to break down the stigma around discussing mental health. Dr. Allison Arwoody is the commissioner of the city's Department of Public Health. She has an op-ed in the Chicago Sun-Times titled, Chicago is making strides when it comes to talking about mental health. Doctor, you start your piece writing, quote, my 2023 wish for Chicago is that we all talk more about mental health every day, not just after a crisis. Why is that?
1: So I think we have a tendency to talk about mental health as really separate from physical health, as something that isn't integrated, as something that uh, still perhaps for people has some shame around it. And I want to make sure that every single day we talk about our mental health just like our physical health. Mental health is health, and we don't want people's struggles with it to go unspoken. Uh, That's the first step to getting people the care they need.
0: Speaking of unspoken, that's the name of the campaign that... uh originally launched by the city in in 2021. So talk about why now is a good time to remind folks about that.
1: So I think it's a great time because we have really increased the mental health resources that are available to people. So the first step is getting people talking about it. The second step is making sure regardless of people's income, insurance status, immigration status, we can get them connected to high quality care in their neighborhood. And so since we've launched that campaign just over the last few years, we've increased hugely the amount of mental health services that are available in Chicago. And I want to make sure that we're not just talking about um, our mental health as health, but we're making sure that people understand there are clinics available, there are emergency resources available uh, we are in a very different place than we are a few years ago and so no no time like today to turn uh, mental health into something that is no longer unspoken. Yeah well, let's dig into that a little bit because the
0: city's budget for mental health it's gone way up right since 2019 it That's went right. from from 12 million to eighty nine million where's the influx going?
1: So uh, really, under Mayor Lightfoot, we've seen amazing investments in mental health. We tend to talk a lot um, about that historic closing of the clinics. There were about 12 clinics that closed. Each of them used to serve you know, maybe 500 patients each. So if we think about reopening clinics, which has historically been a lot of the conversation, and I understand why it's the conversation because I think it marks for people this sense of we're losing resources that we needed. but if we, th- we thought about what do we need to do to increase resources. In 2019, the city was paying to serve about 3,600 Chicagoans with mental health care. Zero of those folks were children. Great nowhere near enough for a city of 2.7 million people. So we said yes, let's double down on our own clinics. Let's make sure that we're adding pediatric care. Let's add telehealth. Let's add evening hours. But also, let's get care outside of the walls of our traditional bricks and mortar clinics. Let's fund extra resources in trusted community partners. Let's pay for child psychiatrists in the primary care clinic. Let's pay for therapists at the food pantry. Let's get mental health. Services integrated into 911 response. Let's make sure people in the homeless shelters can access mental health care. Let's do team based care. Let's do outreach on the CTA. So there's been a lot of different investments in lots of different directions across the whole system because frankly, opening clinics is part of it, but it's not thinking big enough. And so we I want there to be a publicly funded clinic in every one of our seventy seven neighborhoods, but I also want to meet people who frankly have mental health needs that go far beyond uh, what might be served in an outpatient clinic. And so it's gone across a whole range of uh, those investments. But I'm really proud of where we were. From 3,600 people in 2019, we served 60,000 residents last year with high-quality mental health, health services in Chicago, and 15,000 of those were children. So it's been, a, it's been a big investment in money, but it's also been, I think, such a needed strategy um, across the system. I'm
0: we'll talk more about clinics in a few minutes, doctor, but I'm trying to get a handle of the most recent data on mental health in Chicago. Do you have those numbers? Sure. What's it looking like?
1: Uh, so, yeah, so in terms of need, there is definitely still unmet need. Uh, as you started off with during COVID, we saw a big increase in the number of people needing care for mental health and substance use. Uh, we continue to do surveys, follow up, especially with kids, I think. Um, and that's one of the reasons that Mayor Lightfoot really asked us to invest in pediatrics. I think last year, like I just mentioned, uh, we served with city taxpayer dollars, 60,000 Chicagoans, with mental health care. Um, a lot of those were in regular clinics, but a lot of those increasingly were through, for example, CARE. That's our new program where mental health professionals are part of the 911 call response. We saw in our first 500 visits or uh, our 500 911 responses, uh, we had no arrests and we're growing there. Um, last year across our ho- homeless shelters, we used to have exactly zero primary care or behavioral health care mm-hmm. uh, funded by the city in um, in shelters. And last year, we had more than 5,000 visits um, across more than 60 clinics. So we're really growing quickly. Um, And as always, the health department likes to follow the data. So we look to see where are there more unmet needs, where are there community areas where we still need to grow and extend uh, city services, partner services. Again, my goal is that every one of our 77 neighborhoods has a publicly funded clinic that's no barrier. Um, And we're getting there. We really are.
0: You know, we know that a lot of folks, they struggled particularly with depression and anxiety and other issues during the pandemic. Can you give us a sense of of the progress Chicago's made on, on these things since 2020?
1: Yes. So, you know, I think one of the most important changes for me is this idea that as opposed to having a completely separate mental health system, we think about screening for depression and getting treatment and talking about it across a whole range of settings. So as one example, primary care physicians now are supposed to be screening every single year with a two-question survey screening for depression in the same way that primary care physicians are taught to screen everybody for HIV and check everybody's blood pressure. If we are regularly asking people uh, in healthcare settings, um, in school settings, in coaching settings, Uh, And then just in regular life, if we're regularly talking about whether people have issues with depression, that's the first step in getting them connected into this network. And so, you know, where I look at our own clinics, um, we now are serving children, which we weren't just a few years ago. Uh, We're getting people with really high needs the care that they need. um, And we're serving 15 times as many people as we were serving in 2019. Usually I think of really good progress as doubling the number of patients that we see, Uh, and this isn't doubling. This is 15 times the number, Um, and I'm really proud of that. During COVID, obviously a lot of our focus at the health department was on uh, the direct causes of the disease, controlling COVID and its spread and the tests and the infections and the hospitalizations and all the things that you Mm -hmm. hear me talk about a lot. But behind the scenes, this is the area that we've really doubled down on the most, and it's the area that has grown the most, and it's the area that I really am very proud of the progress.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. For once, we've got some sun in January. But as we know, winter can be a little gray and gloomy in Chicago. And if you aren't feeling like yourself lately, you're not alone. We're speaking with Chicago's top doctor, Allison Arwoody, about renewed efforts to address Chicagoans' mental health in 2023. And I should mention, if you're in Chicago and you're looking for help, you can call the Department of Public Health's Mental Health Clinic Intake Line at 312 747 1020. And all across Illinois, you can access help and resources by calling 988. You've said that you want to get a, a mental health clinic in every ward in Chicago. Yeah. Some Chicagoans are calling for shuttered clinics to reopen. What would you say to them?
1: So I would say, um, certainly, I, you know, it's interesting, that word shuttered in particular, we continue to hear it a lot when we, when we um, you know, when people are talking about the very real loss and the symbol of those closed clinics. I want to make sure people understand that many of those clinical sites actually are operating right now, uh, in some cases, as mental health clinics. Um, but also, for me, it's less about a standalone mental health clinic. For example, um, we've doubled the number of, of uh, city workers that are working on mental health. And we're looking next at, for example, putting some additional mental health clinical services in libraries, right? That's a different way of thinking as opposed to let's open a standalone clinic. It's about meeting people where they are. Where are people already coming? If they're coming to a library, if they're already at school and they need more care, uh, if they're at um, you know a food pantry, if they're going to their regular primary care doctor, these are that I want to make sure people with the greatest needs can access care. And so, you know, yes, I want there to be an operating clinic in every one of our 77 neighborhoods, and we're almost there uh, between our partners. We fund at this point more than 50 organizations. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of them are what are called federally qualified health centers. So these are your Esperanzas and Erie Family Health Centers and access um, clinics of the world that get most of their funding from the federal government. But we are funding those And others to add additional mental health providers. Um, And so we're up to most of our neighborhoods. And I think, you know, it's really not a pipe dream. I think very soon here with some additional extension clinics, um, there will be a place in every one of our 77 neighborhoods where no matter who you are, no matter what your barrier, you can get that clinical care. But again, clinics are not the whole conversation. And I can't emphasize that enough beyond just um, making sure that those those outpatient clinical services are there. I believe so strongly in making sure that we're meeting the needs of people um, who may be experiencing homelessness or may have substance use disorder and are just never going to keep a 10 a.m. appointment on a Tuesday. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces to this strategy um, and clinics are a piece of it, but I want to make sure this conversation doesn't just stick on the clinics and thinks about all the other ways that the city um, can and should pay a role right. and play a role in meeting uh, the unmet mental health
0: needs understood Uh, another point though uh, on the clinics I mean uh, former mayor Rahm Emanuel closed half of the mental health clinics in the city back in 2012 and the city didn't track those affected by the closures but in the decades since we've seen mental health crises spike and, and critics are drawing a connection to the higher rates of mental illness among incarcerated Chicagoans what do you think about that
1: Yeah, so let me just put a – I think it's important to put a little bit of of data around that. So when we look back – at at numbers here, let's say we were serving 6,000 patients, um, you know, across those clinics. We actually weren't serving 6,000 patients, but I think if they had been, you know, fully operational and had the investments that they needed, um, if you're talking about, you know, 12 clinics, you might be talking about 6,000 patients. That's great. Uh, 6,000 patients is important. 6,000 patients in a city of 2.7 million people is not what is driving the the difference between, you know, a mental health crisis and not. And so that's why, you know, the easy decision would have been to say, yeah, let's take this additional money and let's double our number of clinics. Let's go from operating five or, you know, let's go back to operating 10 or 12 clinics. That might have taken us to 6,000 Chicagoans. I said, and the mayor said, 6,000 isn't enough, and that's not making the difference. Mm-hmm. Let's aim for 10 times that number. And we hit it last year, 60,000 Chicagoans. So, you know, it, it is correct that um, jails, unfortunately, remain one of the places where people are the most likely to get high-quality mental health services. That's not appropriate. And we're working with the jail to make sure that when people are discharged, they can then transition seamlessly into this clinical system that, again, can serve success. 60,000 people um, and and growing uh, no matter where they are in Chicago. So, you know, we have a ways to go still, but I want to really broaden that conversation and help people understand um, that we've majorly increased the clinical footprint. Um, There's more coming there. And uh, importantly, we're connecting to people who were never connected uh, to those, those old clinics in the past. How
0: much of an issue is the stigma around mental health? Dr. Arwady, anecdotally, I'm hearing more people seeming open to discuss things like their depression or their anxiety. But do you think as a society we still have a ways to go there?
1: I do think of a ways to go, but I also think we're making progress. Uh, we all were talking about our mental health during COVID, right? Like It became this thing to discuss. Everybody was feeling isolated. There was a huge amount of stress. I think it actually, in some ways, may have led to more openness and conversation around talking about mental health. I think we also see young people in ways that feel really different. Whenever I'm talking with teenagers and people in their 20s, they are much more open about mental health. I think that's amazing, and I think that's progress. I can tell you, you know, when I was a young doctor, there was a time when I pretty badly probably needed mental health treatment. I did not seek it. Um, There was a lot of stigma, I think, for doctors around getting mental health. I felt like I didn't have time to get that care. Um, And if I could have gotten care just through the place that I was going to get my blood pressure checked in a way that didn't necessarily, you know, make me take that extra step, I probably would have gotten the care I needed. And I want to make sure that all Chicagoans, um, understand that talking about mental health, you know, mental health is health, yeah. uh, and and keep that conversation going. I really ask everybody in Chicago um, to make sure that, you know, they're talking about their own mental health challenges without shame. They're having the courage to start the conversation with someone who might be struggling, and spreading the word about these new programs and resources, because there are resources available, and I, I think, you know, I love that we're talking more about this, and I hope that that continues. And if that's one of the good outcomes of COVID, yeah. uh, at least that will be a plus of these terrible few years of the pandemic.
0: Well, Dr. Arwady, we can't let you go without discussing this new COVID variant, uh, XBB point we We're hearing it called the most transmissible variant yet, and it accounts for over 70% of cases in the Northeast. What are the latest COVID numbers in this city?
1: We are still at a medium COVID level. As you note, know, uh, there is this newer subvariant on the horizon. It was less than 10% of the cases here in Chicago when we look at last week, but I absolutely expect that to grow. I want to emphasize to folks though: this is still an Omicron subvariant, which is good news. That means there hasn't been a huge difference in its uh, genetic makeup, but it is the most contagious yet. It's critical that people get the updated booster. There was the COVID-updated uh, vaccine that came out uh, in the fall of 2022, a few months ago. So if you haven't had a COVID booster since Labor Day, you're not up to date and you're not protected as much as you could be against uh, the Omicron subvariants, including this new one. So we're mm-hmm. certainly keeping an eye on it. Um, I, we're not done with COVID, much as we wish we were. Is, is Chicago uh, but, bringing but back are...
0: mask mandates, you think, if numbers spike?
1: Um, so right now, like I said, we're at a medium level. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we move to a high level as we see this more infectious variant uh, probably come to us over the next few weeks. If we move to a high level, we would issue a formal mask advisory, uh, really advising all Chicagoans to put on masks indoors. But I always tell people, you don't have to wait for an advisory. If you're you know not feeling well or you're in a crowded setting, you can put one on now. That helps. In terms of a mask mandate, uh, we would only consider that if we were really seeing our hospitals getting overwhelmed. And luckily, right now, we're a long way from that. So we're keeping an eye on it. um, But we have tools that we didn't have back in 2020. And all Chicagoans being up to date with their vaccines is the number one thing that people can do uh, to help keep us out of that higher risk level.
0: Dr. Allison Arwoody is Commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health. Doctor, thank you so much for making time for us.
1: Thank you. And I'll ask people to go to mentalhealth.chicago.gov to hear more about uh, our unspoken campaign, as well as the resources available.
0: Thanks, Doctor. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark and Dan Tucker, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Hear from the experts on everything going on in Chicago and the world by subscribing to our podcast. And when you do, leave us a rating and review. It makes it easier for more listeners to find us. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.